In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who gave us this humble servant Savior so that we might be saved. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, St. Augustine, one of the doctors of the church, once said that there are three most important values for a Christian, three most important virtues. Those three most important virtues, the first one is humility. The second one is humility. The third one is humility. Humility is this interesting thing about our human experience. It's something that we sometimes can't really even put a finger on. Because you see, humility isn't just saying that you're worse than what you really are. That's just lying. Humility isn't even taking yourself and becoming lowly. There are plenty of people out there who are lowly and are not humble. And you might even know some of them. Humility is this thing that sometimes is really just hard to define. That it's this characteristic, it's this virtue of the human experience, but it's so hard, it's so mercurial for us to really put our finger on it. We have to just see it in action. And that's what some people saw in action in the 1950s here in this country. In the 1950s here in this country, there was a man who was getting off of a train. His name was Albert Schweitzer. You might know him, you might not know him. But he was going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. And he stepped off of that train, and there was a crowd gathered to welcome him. A crowd gathered with their cameras to take pictures of him. A crowd gathered to shake his hand and to say something or to hear him say something. And as Albert Schweitzer stepped off of this train, he began to talk to all of those people. And he was truly a great man. He was getting this great award that is only given to one person every year. This Nobel Peace Prize. And so as he was stepping off, all of these people were clamoring around him. But you could see something in Albert Schweitzer's eyes. That he wasn't exactly completely immersed in the moment. That there was something distracting him. That there was something out there that wasn't quite right. That he wasn't able to completely just give himself to all of the snapshots and all of the handshakes and all of the goodwill wishes. And he said, please excuse me. And he left the throng of people. And there you could see an elderly woman who was struggling with two large suitcases to get over to the train that he just got off of. And he came up there and he grabbed those suitcases and helped her over to the train, and helped to get those suitcases over there. And then he came back to the crowd and said, I'm sorry that I had to leave you. We can start again. Somebody in the crowd said, I don't think I've ever seen humility walking before. That's what humility looks like to us, that sense of somebody who was so great, 
who then put aside everything so that he could help this elderly woman get her suitcases to the train. That humility is something that's so important to understanding even who Albert Schweitzer was and what he did in this world, which certainly wasn't all good. Some of it was even misled, but you could find in him a humble soul, a sense of humility. And that's something that we are encouraged into as Christians. We're encouraged to be humble. We're encouraged to be humble because our Lord before us was humble. But yet, it's interesting the way that we see humility in action. It's interesting the way that we saw humility in action in that story that I just told with Albert Schweitzer. And it's interesting the way that we see humility in action with Jesus Christ as he enters Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Because you would think that Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem was this great thing that no humble person would ever allow themselves to ever be a part of, right? If you were truly humble, wouldn't you just say, no, 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 that's okay, I don't really want to go in, I don't want any fuss. This humble person was coming in to Jerusalem amid the shouts of Hosanna, Lord save us, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, the King. We think you're a King, Jesus. We're waving around palm branches. You are our King. We don't need you to be humble. We need you to be great. And that's something that we probably look for in our lives. We probably look for that sense of being great, or we at least look for it in other people that we follow. We look for this sense of greatness. Because, honestly, if you're just humble, nobody's going to follow you. Humility by itself is not enough to garner people that will come to the edges of the roads with palm branches and their own clothes to lay down in front of your donkey motorcade in order that they might show you honor. If you had heard the people there in Jerusalem that morning, if you had been there that morning as he was entering into Jerusalem, as they were shouting and waving their palm branches, if you would have come into the back of that crowd and you would have sort of sneaked up to somebody and nudged them maybe a little bit with your elbow and said, who is that guy? They probably would not have said, oh, well, that's Jesus. He's the most humble person in the world. Instead, they probably would have said, that's Jesus, that's the greatest person that we know. That's the person that we think is going to save us from this mess. That is why we're waving these palm branches. That is why we're putting our clothes in front of him. Not necessarily because he's humble, but because he's great. And so it appears that 
perhaps all of this advocation to be a humble Christian might be a little bit misplaced, right? I mean, if people aren't going to follow you because you're humble, but they are going to follow you because you're, you're great, shouldn't I be telling you, go out there, don't worry about humility, just be great. Some of you could probably use that little pep talk. Because for some of you, the problem with your humility is that you're not willing to grasp the greatness that God has created you for. But that's a whole other sermon. Today, we're talking about humility. And why it is that I can advocate you to be humble when what needs to be shown in your life and what was shown in Jesus' life was greatness. And the reason for that is, is that greatness only comes through humility. That's what Jesus is telling us. That's what Paul is showing us in this reading from Philippians that we just read. That's what Jesus is showing us as he goes from Palm Sunday to Good Friday to Easter Sunday, where he is declared great once again in just one week from now. The path to get from Palm Sunday to Easter is a path of humility. It ends in greatness, but its action is in humility. If you look at all of the leaders that have done great things, great things in this world, they have been the humble. They have been the people that have seen in themselves something that God is calling them to. Something that God has created them for. And if you talk to most of them, if you talk to most of the great ones of this world, it's a mystery to them. They don't understand how it is that they're able to do so well what they're able to do. They'll say things like, well, I guess I was just meant to do this. I guess I was just somehow created for this. That, sure, maybe they practice, maybe they do all of the homework that they need to do, but there's something about that that they recognize is not just them. And so they're humble. They say, I don't know, I'm just lucky. I'm just lucky that I got to do this. I'm just lucky that I get to play football for a job. (laughs) I'm just lucky that I'm Steve Jobs and I get to sell computers, something that I love, for a job. I'm just lucky that I figured out what made me great. But it's not you that makes you great. And the sooner that you understand that, the easier it becomes to be humble about it. Because if you think that you are doing all of the things that make you great, you're never going to be humble about it. You're going to say, well, 
you know, I practice seven hours every week in order to do this one thing. That's what makes me great. But it's not. Because somebody else could spend ten hours doing the same thing every week and they would be horrible at it. You could have me go to dance lessons for ten hours a week every week and I am still not going to be a good dancer. Trust me. But if you give that to somebody else... If you give even less than that to somebody else whom God has created in order to do those things, God will show greatness. And God showed greatness, the most greatness, in His Son. His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He sent to this world. His Son, Jesus Christ, who clothed Himself in humility. Who clothed Himself in this thing that God had given to Him. That He had, in fact, given to Himself. And said, I am willing to stoop to be a servant. I'm willing to do these things that I can do so that people can be saved. So that you could experience heaven. So that you could experience what it means to know Jesus at this very moment. Jesus humbled Himself. Took on our flesh. And became humbled. If you think about that, that's pretty surreal. If you think of what Jesus had before He took on this flesh, as He was living in complete community with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, there in heaven, all together, without the trappings of this flesh. And He said, I love these people so much that I'm willing to do what I can. to humble myself so that I can save them. His humility, Paul then says, was called greatness by God the Father who bestowed on Him the name that is above all names, Jesus, so that we might come humbly to His cross Knowing who we are. You see, in knowing who we are, we have to accept what our limitations are. He could die on a cross. He could live a sinless life. He could go through the hell of not knowing God's presence in His life. But we could not. And He did it for us. So that we might be able to come humbly to His cross, acknowledging, Lord, I could never do this by myself. But because of You, because of what You did in Your passion, 
I know that I will receive what you paid for. It's the greatest thing about this Christian life is that you don't have to be great. Sure, it's fantastic if you are great. And you're even probably called into being great in certain areas of your life that other people are not quite so great in. You have been given special things in your life that are called your vocations. Things that you are called to do and do them well and do them great. But you are not called in your vocation to save yourself. You are not called in that. In fact, if anything, you are called to be a sinner in that and acknowledge exactly how powerless and how ungreat you are. So that you can come with all of the greatnesses of the other things in your life and lay them down before Jesus Christ just as you laid these palm branches down before this altar, and say, Lord, no matter how great the things in my life are, they don't compare to you. As we continue on in this Holy Week, you will see Jesus being humiliated. You will see him humble himself and you will see others put him down. But then when we meet again next Sunday, you will see the victory and the greatness that is Jesus after he rose from the tomb, after assuring your place in his throne of greatness in heaven. Amen.